high sticky to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, Evander Kane is Evander Kane again, and that's a lot. A huge win for the Edmonton Oilers last night. They looked they looked stone cold done, and then a great comeback. Win that was badly needed. And I think it will be remembered for a long time by fans and probably the team, too. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Um, you can text or call us at one 401 1440 It sounded like I was drinking there uh, when I said Radio Player Canada, but I've only had coffee and a little hot chocolate. Text or call one 401 1440 on Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Our guest today, Bag Milk from Oilers Nation, Eric Erlinson, Lightning Insider. We're going to talk about, there's a very interesting Lightning player with local connections and... An amazing story. We'll pass that along later on this hour. All right. So before we go any farther, we want to say hello to Declan, the typing fool. It was a buy an old man a coffee day today, and you did buy me a coffee, so I appreciate it. I did, yeah, absolutely. Large coffee, three creams. Uh, they looked at me kind of funny, like, really, that's your order? But I was happy to get it, of course. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, here we are. I, I, I go to two McDonald's on the one in town uh, and one in my town, and as soon as I drive up and they go, hi, and they, whatever the offer is, and then they say, and I say, hi, and they go, uh, large coffee, three cream? I go, yeah. So they know you. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you're a regular first I, name basis with everybody? Pretty much, yeah. because I'm a, I'm a person of habit. Yes. And yes. I, I, I used to make coffee on the inside at my house, but I don't anymore because I'm the only coffee drinker. So it doesn't, it just lays there and does nothing and mocks me for wasting money. And I don't like doing that. All right, last night's 4-3 win is the way the Oilers team is designed to win. Basically, it goes like this. McDavid scores, Leon scores. There's some defense. It used to be Clefbaum, Larson, and Sekera. Now it's Nurse, Ekholm, and CeCe. But they get it done. And the goaltender has to stop a lot of pucks. Good goaltender, some chaos, and some skill on the blue line, and the big cannon set to offense. The Glimmer Twins score two or three, and they score four, and they win four three. And I know what you're saying, saying, well, they can't win that way. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And I know that everybody wants Evan Bouchard to be a great defender. He is never going to be that. That's okay. They can live with it, but they've got to outscore. The 1970 Bruins were 56 goals above average. And they were minus four against below average. So 56 goals scored four above average in the league and minus five goals against. The 84 Oilers were 132 goals for above average, minus two goals against. The 2022 Oilers, that was Woodcross' first team when he came midseason, 30 goals above average, four minus five goals against. Last year's Oilers were 67 goals above average, Minus two. This year's Oilers are minus four goals, four minus eight goals against. In terms of average, that's all via hockey reference. They can win this way. They are going to make mistakes. You're going to get mad at them. They're going to go mad. Oh, damn it all anyway. And and I, the reason I say all of this is I want to I want to push back on what is becoming 
known history. It's like, it's like, oh, I was going to say this and everybody will get mad at me. I don't want to. It's like not everything in the Bible is probably true. They're just stories, right, to tell you to do things. So maybe they all didn't happen, but the idea is you get the idea. Or maybe the history of World War II isn't exactly as it occurred, but it's, you know, the one team wins, so they put it all together and it's like that, okay? Now that I've made everybody angry, I'll move on. So there is this thread of thought that says the reason the Edmonton Oilers lost to the Vegas Golden Knights is they weren't strong enough defensively. That's just not the case. After four games, the teams were tied. In the second period of game five, second period of game six, the Oilers ran into penalty trouble, and they did not, they were not effective. They were not effective in their own zone. Why? Because they weren't playing in the other team's zone enough. And from that, the verbal is they can't play defense. It's a big problem. They got this goaltender, Aiden Hill, who was suddenly brilliant. We can't get that. Whereas it's impossible. Stuart Skinner was a finalist for the Calder Trophy. Two periods last year. Two periods. And we're, we're, we're putting all of this stuff on the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, Jay Woodcroft, he didn't play Ryan McLeod. Should have played Ryan McLeod there. Small sample size. We don't even talk about that. So I'm pushing back today and saying, I know you want good defense. You're not going to get it here. Watch the New York Islanders. Boring as anything. The New York Islanders are, they're matzo balls. Have you ever had matzo balls, Declan? Yeah, I've had matzo balls. Now, when you Pretty eat good. a matzo ball, do you go, mmm, spicy? I don't. Right. I don't. It's like dumplings. Whoa, matzo balls. cooking here. You go, I need a little bit of something in there. Some marinara sauce. Well, something that can yeah. make my, you know, to make me go, oh, my God, I am, I have done damage, and I will pay for that in three to seven hours. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are an exciting team. They are built to score. They've got the... The big cannons on the offense. They don't have Nick Lidstrom, but they have Connor Bleeden McDavid. So if you have Connor Bleeden McDavid, you don't roll four lines. And if you have Connor Bleeden McDavid, you expect to win 4 3. So when we talk about Evan Bouchard, and he made a couple of mistakes last night, and he's a flawed defender, we, we tend to get ahead of ourselves. And we tend to think in terms of, well, that is the only thing that matters. No, it isn't. You've got to be able to outscore. And the Edmonton Oilers in 84 proved it. The Boston Bruins in 1970 proved it. And these Edmonton Oilers, if they're going to win a Stanley Cup, they will prove it too. You can win a Stanley Cup by giving up 2.64 or 2.84 or 3.11 goals per game. If you're scoring 4.61 or whatever. Two years ago, 2022-23 orders, 67 goals for better than average, minus two goals against worse than average. That's almost identical to the 70 Bruins. And I know there's era adjusted and all of that sort of thing. But this team has the formula. You can, if you want to change the formula, trade Leon Dreisaitl for a defender. Does anybody really want to do that? I will say that last night, uh, I thought Evander Kane, Evan Bouchard, and Stuart Skinner were very good. And I thought McDavid, that goal he scored, oh my, and Leon was fire, and Hyman played well, and uh, you can see what they're doing. They're getting the band back together. One thing we will talk about today, and I'd love your input on it, 
at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Where do they play Connor Brown when he comes back? I think they got to put him on the top line with McDavid, and here's why: Sam Gagne, love him as a player. He's just not a feature player. He can't play on a feature line, and Brown will be better as a two-way player, and I think that his offense will be enough to justify him playing there. 12 on 9, low down with low tide on Sports 1440. I had to get all of that out of my system. I had a very busy morning. I had a very busy afternoon. I feel like I want it to be 7 o'clock tonight. You ever have one of those days? You're young, probably not. No, I like to. Yeah, I enjoy the day. I like to relish in the day, taking every moment. I'm a very big, like, n- nostalgia is not the right word, but I, I realize I care so much for nostalgia that I like to take each day, day by day, and appreciate the time I'm living in. Mm. So, not to get too deep with it or anything, not to throw you do, off the old do, trail. Do uh, you read philosophy, write poetry, short stories? <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've read, yeah, I read a little bit. I mean, I read the... Uh, I read The Republic by Plato, just on my own volition. Just seemed wow. like something I would should read, so yeah. I went out and read that. That was so you, know. you like comedy. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. a big comedy fan. Um, so, would you call yourself an intellectual? Do you know what your IQ is? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do you Do you know what your aptitude is? Uh, I've taken an IQ test. Um, I don't think it was accurate. Right. Do you think they had the two digits? different you know? <laughs> no i just, it was it was too high like i'm very self-aware i'm not a smart guy i'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine you with know that. what I'm you're a lion sack of uh, well you're not you are very smart your sister's very smart and your four-year-old is. brother is very well you got the same genetic makeup not like her not the, like her but she's like, on a different level your There's neurons are do. firing they might be firing you know like a loose cannon but every they're which in there direction yeah every you'll which find direction. your way she'll, she'll tell me stuff she'll be like you're smart about stuff like you know sports and i'm like oh okay well thanks i'll take that i i find myself being a fan of your sister when she says yeah you'd like her you'd like her she's well, a she's a fan of you she listens she loves our she loves our banter so oh, well, she's a big fan very of you kind. she's yes. probably the smartest person to listen to this show or the or the smartest person who's dumb enough to listen to the show she's definitely the smartest person in my family who has some type of connection with this show on a regular basis did she have mrs denmark too she did not she was in the french immersion program so oh my she, god so she, she was way ahead of you yeah she was it was yeah. it was never a contest she she was she was born on third but she was born on third and still hit a triple somehow <laughs> uh so you're saying that you worked harder for what you have than what your sister did nope no i'm That's not saying I'm that either because she works she worked she worked incredibly hard and well, didn't really have to. I'd born still... on third implies, you know. <laughs> she, she was born on third, but she made it tough to herself. She ran backwards on the bases, and she went and hit a home run when she got back to home plate. Do you think that she'd ever come on this show and talk about you? Because I would love that. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. I would love to have her on. She lives in Toronto, so okay. it, it would we, be, we, have, be we can afford long distance. We can phone her in. Yeah, no, yeah. it'd be great. I would love to have her yeah. on. And what about your mom and dad and your four-year-old brother? What about... We could have a Declan day. Yeah. You I know? Mean... We could have chairs for everybody. It would have to be like during the All Star break or something when the Oilers aren't aren't playing when there's not a whole lot of news going on. But I'm happy to do it. I'll, I, I, think I don't we care if it's Game Seven together. of the Stanley Cup Final. This would <laughs> I think be great radio. I think the listeners might care if it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup what, Final. What, I'm not going to do them that disservice. But. Do you read to your four year old brother? I do. What do you read? What kind of books do you read? Well, like a lot of picture books, a lot of short stories. Like like, like the, Where's the Frog? Or, yeah, like Good yeah. Night Moon, stuff like that. Mm. Like Robert Munch kind of thing, well, stuff like that. Good. Before yeah. bed, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't do it too often, but but if I'm there during an evening and he right. says, Declan, can you read me a bedtime right. story? I'll do it. So. And do you read the same kinds of books to your parents or does that, you don't do that? Uh, they still read them to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're All about right. the same. We're about the same intellect level, me and him. So I still need them to read them All before right. bed. 
I have a question for you, uh, Mr. Robert Munch, uh, reader. Um, Adam Ernie was fined to, like two thousand and eight dollars or something. Yes, blasted thing. Two thousand eighteen and twenty three cents. That was a vicious. I don't know if the two the two thousand is like. I don't think that covers the the headache. You know, the, well, the, the anison or the aspirin. It was the maximum allowable under the CBA, so they fined him the max penalty for all intents and purposes. But it did look like a vicious elbow to your that credit. A, like it that was, was like. I mean, yeah. That you know what. That that's that's my dad used to have a phrase, mm-hmm. dirt mean. That was a dirt oh, yeah. mean elbow. There's yeah. no way to you can't say oh oh what happened. That was a schoolyard elbow when yeah. you're playing the rival class. Yeah. It was yeah, it was not friendly. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that was pretty wild. You ever played tetherball? Yes, my friend, uh, shout out Matt Packenham, when we were kids, he had a tetherball in his backyard, so we used to go play we, I used to play, and, and I remember, I don't know why, but you'd, somebody would say, hey, and you'd turn around and it hits you right in the face, they would time it perfectly. Oh, yeah. Jackasses. He was good at it, too. Like, he could tell he was out there practicing. I'd come over one day every three weeks and get smoked. I was like, well, what are we doing here? I you bring me over just to boost your ego. My brother was four years older than me, and I always ended up playing older guys, and they were just so intimidating. <laughs> like, you're like, just back away, boy. Back away. And no, I would just still get hammered oh yeah like they make a game out of it too like they don't even want to wrap it around the pole they just want to pin you just brutal complete you know attrition thing uh oakland a's heading to vegas as an expo fan this gives me no pleasure i'm not a fan of this you know here's why now somewhere in america let's say it's oklahoma city or philadelphia or boston the a's have played pretty much everywhere or kansas city and let's say there's a 97 year old hubby and a 94-year-old wife, and they've been following the A's for nigh on 100 years, and they know about Sal Bando's third base ability. They know about Raleigh Finger's waxed mustache. They know about Gene Tennis, and they know about Joe Rudy, and they know about Reggie Jackson, and they know about Vida Blue, and they know about Mark McGuire, and they know about Dennis Eckersley, and they know about Don Larson, and they followed that team forever, and it's their team, it's their baby. They love them. They have lore in their life. They tell stories that, that are just absolutely overwhelming in terms of their memories and what they love about the sport and their shared experience as fans. That's what sports does at its best, and that's what baseball does all the time. And you've ripped it from the Oakland community and you've sent it to vegas like it's yesterday's papers like it's the trash and i don't like it i i I can't cheer for the montreal expos this winter during the winter meetings i watch the rule five draft because i'm a total nerd but my heart is with a team that doesn't exist i'm an orphan me and doris curran's goodwin who's a presidential historian, but also a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. It's not funny. It isn't fair. It's unjust. And my heart goes out to Oakland A's fans from Dave Jameson to, I don't know, Vida Blues family. Because it does hurt, and it does matter where they play. And now that community doesn't have their baseball team. They can't go get drunk as a skunk and watch baseball in the sun. And that's a sad day. Ravens-Bengals, you got anything to say about them? 
Well, I think this is a Bengals team that was finally starting to click before last week, and they ran into a red-hot Houston Texans team, and they, they dug themselves in a hole early by starting so slow, playing Joe Burrow with the injury, and they're not in a position where they can lose too many of those games to red-hot teams like the Houston Texans. They gave one away. They find themselves at the bottom at the bottom of the AFC North, and now they're playing the class of that division, and they're playing a team that I think has real, real Super Bowl aspirations. Now they're coming off... A close one against the Browns, but I think they have all pieces clicking. I think they have their run game figured out. It's a running back by committee on the back of Lamar Jackson. He looks comfortable in the pocket. He is a real target in Zay Flowers. I think they have all the confidence in the world, and I think Cincinnati has dug themselves into such a hole that they have to play with their back against the wall a little bit, and I think because of that, they're going to be prone to make mistakes, and I don't think the Ravens are a team you can do that against. I like the Ravens in this one. Bengals will never win until they fix their helmets. There's something wrong with them. Um, as far as the Ravens are concerned, they all they, t- they take they don't rebuild, they reload, and they look to me like a team that could win it all. Ravens Eagles, that'd be a really good. That is very much on the table. I think eagle an eagle, an actual eagle, could kill a Raven, but I don't know about the two football teams. Yeah, so I've had this discussion before. If all the mascots played in like a battle royale kind of thing, which mascot would come out on top? I think someone said a Titan would come out on top, like if it's a Greek mythology type of Titan. Mm. But I don't know. It's a great question. An eagle and a raven, that's a heck of a battle. It, to- no, it totally is. Giants, I think, would have to win, right? Or does the Jet win? Yeah, I mean, maybe. But I'm I, again, I, I fall back to saying a Titan, like a Greek mythology Titan with its big sword and it's 25 feet tall and it can control the water and the wind. There's something to be said for that. Do you think maybe the, the, the Jets, the New York Jets, are the Jets from West Side Story? Oh, wow. Because then it would be interesting. And, because the, and the Sharks are the well, Sharks from West the, Side well, Story? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating this in real time and don't have any point. Really. That's a heck of a question. I, sh- I feel like I should know the history behind the Jets' nickname, and I don't. So I'll look into that. But that's, that's a great question. All I, I care, would bet, though, not, not based on West Side Story. All I care now about is Natalie Wood. This, on the way, by the way, of Eric Erlinson, Lightning Insider. We're going to talk about the Lightning. There's a story brewing in Tampa Bay that involves a, an Edmontonian that you're going to want to hear. We'll talk to him next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440 at 12:24. We're driven by a Wolf GMC Buick, 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Joined now by Eric Erlinson, Lightning Insider. Lots of stories to talk about. I was looking at the the Lightning, their average right now under John Cooper, and that should be breaking news. So is it or does this roster really justify or reflect a kind of a 500 team? Well, their play has for sure. The roster doesn't. I mean, the roster, you know, you still have Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Victor Edmund, Mikhail Sergachev. No Andre Vasilevsky to this point for sure in net. But goaltending hasn't been the issue. It's it's the it's the turnovers. It's it's self-inflicted wounds that are killing this team right now that have put them at a at a 500 record. It's actually tied for the worst start under John Cooper. Uh, it's the fewest wins through 16 games under John Cooper. Uh, but it's it's correctable things, and I think that's what uh, probably has the coaching staff kind of scratching their head a little bit is that those things are not yet being corrected as they try and you know. And, and there's a lot of new players on this roster for sure. A lot of turnover from last year and really the last couple of years. I can't even stop. There's only seven players left from the 2021 Stanley Cup championship team. So there's a lot of newness going on, uh, and it takes some time to kind of get in sync with everybody, and they're not there yet. 
John Cooper always strikes me as such a logical, intelligent, uh, uh, reasonable human until the team doesn't play well. And then he's got a little bit of an edge to him. And I'm not saying he's intimidating or he calls out people or, or uh, you know, does the kind of old-timey stuff. But I, I do feel like John Cooper as a coach uh, can make people accountable and, and do it with a with a, a sort of a verbal tongue lashing if required. Yeah, he doesn't do it with a hammer, right? Like he does, it's not Mike Keenan. He's not knocking you over the head with what he does. And he'll never throw an individual under the bus, but he'll, he'll make subtle things, at least publicly. We don't always know what's going on behind the scenes, but publicly he'll make comments like he did the other night that there are leaders on this team that need to lead us through that aren't doing it right now. So he's kind of calling out his leadership group a little bit, um, you know, and he'll, he'll, he'll do things like Mikhail Sergachev not getting second power play unit time the other night because He's one of the guys that needs to step up his game. So it's subtleness. And that's, I think, the brilliance of John Cooper is that he can get that message across without coming across as somebody who's a tyrant, you know, somebody who's trying to just pound you and, and, and correct you that way. He does it in a positive way, even when things are going negative. And I think that's one of the brilliant things about John Cooper as a head coach. So uh, you mentioned Eric Erlinson, our guest, Lightning Insider. You mentioned Andre Vasilevsky. I, I read somewhere that it would, we were talking about American Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that still on? Or Because I, I, I read your report that he's kind of skating now. So is it getting closer or are we still looking like another month or so? Yeah, so Monday before they left town for this two-game road trip, he was on the ice and he was taking shots. It's the first time he's taken live shots in a practice session with the team. So he's slowly working his way back. Uh, next Thursday, which is Thanksgiving down in our parts, is the eight-week mark since his surgery, and the, and the window was eight to ten weeks. So it sounds like he's on schedule for the early part. Of that window, we'll see what happens when we get to the eight weeks. That's exactly what he said when we talked to him on Monday. Uh, he feels good. He feels energized. His back feels great uh, in terms of everything that he expected to feel at this point. So we'll see. But uh, either way, you're talking no more than one to three weeks before you know, you'll probably see him back in the lineup. There, And I know you said goaltending wasn't the issue, and, and I believe you. Um, <laughs> but, like... How many games have been up here in Edmonton? No, no goalie has stolen a game yet this year. Has has a goalie stolen a game for the Lightning yet this year? I wouldn't say stolen, um, but like you look at the numbers of, of of primarily Jonas Johansson, he's gotten the bulk of the starts since Andre Vasilevsky has been out. His numbers, you look at him and you go, he hasn't played that well. But then you realize the number of shots he's faced and the number of high-danger chances he's faced. He has been better than you would have expected in this situation, even though the numbers don't reflect it. So he hasn't had to – he would have to absolutely just rob a game, not just steal it. I mean, it have to be highway robbery with some of the chances that he's faced uh, because of the turnovers and the areas of the ice that the, that the team is turning the puck over and the number of odd man rushes that they're giving up is kind of alarming. So uh, they, they have done their job, both Johansson and Matt Tompkins, have done their job in terms of giving the team a chance to win on a consistent night. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot. So, uh, Eric Erlinson, our guest, uh, Lightning Insider, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, have a, a large question for you uh, like in terms of, of idea, and it goes like this. I think the Lightning, in a lot of ways, are uh, w- were and still are the ideal franchise for an NHL team. They, 
They have a really good coach. They've drafted well. Uh, they've made some unusual trades where they get a player, maybe overpay, but sign them long-term to a contract that's fairly reasonable, and there are value years in the middle of their career, in the heart of their career. But even with all of that, my theory is that you can only juggle so much and then you're going to end up with enough contracts that are overpays and enough players who have become too old where you are just dead in the water. So my question to you about the Lightning is, are they going to be able to avoid that point where there's four guys over 30 making $6 million who just aren't productive? Well, I mean, time will tell. Um, you know, we'll see the, the whole Steven Stamco situation. He's entering the last year of his contract, uh, you know, making $8.5 this year. That comes off the books next year, depending on what they resign him to. Victor Hedman has got one more year left after this, and he's at 7.7, 7.8, somewhere in that range. Um, but after that, I mean, Kucherov, Point, Sergachev, and Vasilevsky are the three guys that are kind of making that quote-unquote mega money. Um, and then you've got a, a, another tier of players under that that are, cert, that are signed to long-term contracts that aren't making a ton of money. Like Brandon Hagel just signed a, an extension, but he's 25 years old, 24 years old, so he'll be in his early 30s by the time that is done. Nick Paul will be, you know, in 33 when, he, when that seven-year contract expires. So it's not like they have everything going at once. They kind of are stacked and tiered in a lot of different ways. But it is going to be a challenge if the cap doesn't go on up, doesn't go up significantly to kind of keep some of these players around um, to keep them competitive, at least in a cup level competitiveness for you know a number of years to come. So is is because Hedman's thirty two, I think. Sergachev is twenty five. Is as 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 Hedman eases his way out of his prime and into a, a still fine, but a, a player not at peak levels. Is is Sergachev, is he a guy who can do that, or is he just, you know, and there's no sin in it because Hedman is a great, great player. Yeah. Can can he take on that role? Can he deliver at a level that Hedman did when he was 27, 28, 29? He has that potential. He has that capability, his type of game. He, he's actually a little more physical than, than Victor Hedman is. Um, he doesn't skate nearly as well, and that's saying something because Victor Hedman's an elite skater for a man especially at six foot six at his size. Um, and we've seen flashes of it. He, he had flashes of it last year. He's had a tough start. I mean, he's had a really tough start. I think he's one of the worst plus minus in the NHL. He's certainly the worst on this team. Uh, so they need him to pick up his level. Can he get there? I think he can get there, but he has, sometimes he kind of gets caught in his own head. And that's what I think is going on with him. But I think he can be at that level. I don't know if he'll be a perennial Norris contender like Victor Hedman continues to be and certainly was for a five-year stretch there uh, but he can be a top elite level left-hand shot defenseman for sure so this is a team that's good they're not great at on the road but they're good at home so when the Oilers see them are they you know are, are they doing anything at home uh that the, like line matching uh protecting defensemen that you notice that that maybe they're unable to do on the road and maybe that contributes to the difference between the home and road record yeah, their, their defense is not as, as deep, um, you know, especially w- with the absence of Ryan McDonough. I certainly felt his absence last year. Obviously, he's still not on the team, uh, but they're not as deep on that end, and, and it does kind of create matchup issues at times. So uh, they do try and protect uh, a guy, especially like Nick Perbix, who's in his second year in the NHL. He's 26, I think he is now, coming out of college. Um, you know, he's had a rough start to the year, so they try and protect him a little bit. 
Um, they try and get Hedman and Cern- uh, Eric Chernak out there as much as possible against the top line. So th- there's certainly a lot of line matching that goes on on home ice that John Cooper can control that certainly is not there on the road. Final question for you, and I've, this is the, the, the first question I wanted to ask you, but I saved it for last. Matt Tompkins from Edmonton, played in the AJHL, I think it was Sherwood Park, uh, drafted 11 years ago, finally in the NHL. That's a great story. And we see it happen like once or twice a year in different cities, but it's always a great story. It's, it's a wonderful story, especially when you think he was drafted the same year as Andre Vasilevsky. I think Vasilevsky was the first goalie in that draft. I think Tompkins was next to last in that draft. And you think about the different journeys it takes to get there and everything that Tompkins went through playing four years at Ohio State, you know, being in the minor leagues for a couple of years, going over to Sweden. He, he even said that he didn't think he'd ever get back to North America. He thought that Sweden or Europe was going to be where he was going to end up, you know, for the rest of his career and play out, you know, until his career was done. And then the lightning came along, gave him an opportunity. Vasilevsky gets hurt. And they don't go out. We all thought that they would go out and find somebody else to back up Johansson. They didn't. They believed in Tompkins. And he's been good. Uh, he got that first win in Montreal. It's always special for players when they go into that building, for sure, and the history uh, and everything else there. And his you know, favorite goaltenders growing up were Patrick Waugh and Kerry um, uh, Price. So it's, uh, it, it, they're wonderful stories. You, you don't come across them too often with players at that age and that level making their NHL debuts. And then for him getting that first win in Montreal, terrific story. Loved it. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Okay, anytime. Be well. All right, Eric Erlinson, Lightning Insider. He's really good. His his website is really good. Uh, he does great work. Highly recommended. Very respected individual. I I forgot to shave today. Have you ever done that? Yeah, but I can't really grow facial hair, so it doesn't really have the same impact for me. If I let it go like three, four days, it gets pretty bad. But uh, I don't know. It's not like you. It's not the same five o'clock shadow. Bradley Cooper kind of look you have going on over there. Oh, come on. Bradley Hello? Cooper. Bradley Cooper, saying. he can shave, go have Cheerios, and he's got to shave again. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get that. I don't get that. You seem to have that a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you are just a lion sack of suds. Dapper over there. <laughs> it's hot. Like, can I just complain for a minute? I love this place. I love everybody in this place. I love the the aroma of the dope that comes up, and I love the 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 strange machines that walk by carrying things that sound like there's an earthquake. I love it all, but it's hot. It's boiling. It's unpleasant is what it is. I'm not one to complain, even though I am, but it's boiling in here. Like it's, I'm in a t-shirt. I don't, I don't wear a jacket to work. I just get out of my car, walk right in and I'm boiling in here. Like it is, I can't, I can't believe it. Like you're in a long sleeve shirt almost every day. I, yeah. ca- I can't well, believe Well, I wear it. a long shirt. Right? Yeah, I can't believe it. It's so hot in here. Could you think we could buy one of those like and, and put it on a pallet, one of those big things of ice, and just bring it in here? Like, yeah, we could probably do that. And I mean, I don't like know how much we would be involved. Kind of seems like your thing that I would <laughs> reap the rewards of, but we could probably do it. <laughs> well, just you being aware of how lucky you are to work with me is enough. Uh, later on this hour, we'll or the next hour, we'll have our friend Bag Milk just ahead. Pro Hockey Rumors, I think you'll want to stay tuned. There's something very interesting if you're an Oilers fan. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. We're brought to you by Wolf. GMC Buick. Is that Will Smith? That was Will Smith. Is that Will keep my wife's name out of your mouth? The same, the exact same one. But that was the beginning of... 
What was the Stevie Wonder song that started out that? Distant bath. Oh, I don't know. If it wasn't, isn't she lovely? I'm not sure. I'm I guessing it was day. I wish. I wish. Anyway, the, the beginning of that song is a Stevie Wonder song. Do you remember? Did you see that Willis Smith, um, Chris Rock exchange? I did. I couldn't believe it when it happened. I was like, it's like a car crash. You know, it's like it's like uh, um, if you and I got in a fight, but it was real. Yeah. You know, and we were famous. Yes. You well, know. you're already there. You're like Will Smith level. I am not, not Will Rock. Smith level. His wife said something the other day about they've been separated for seven years or so. What the hell is going on with those people? I don't know. I don't pay attention. I to, think that couple that. is unusual. I'm going to go ahead and say it. That is an unusual couple. Yeah, your hot take of the day. Yes. Weird couple. I, I've got to right. say that, and, and you know, I, I admit I really like Chris Rock. So maybe I'm coming down on the side of Chris Rock there. This happened a week ago. This is time for uh, hockey rumors, by the way. Happened a week ago, but there was so much going on. Holy mackerel. Was it a lot going on? Do you remember when they were firing people and people were getting upset and everybody was getting fired and there was firings and then there were some firings? Remember that? I do. I remember that. Well, uh, about a week ago, Darren Dreger was talking on TSN 690, I believe. And he said, Xavier Bargo, who's the Edmonton Oilers' top prospect, uh, is, and I quote, a piece the Montreal Canadiens have coveted for a while. Well, it's picked him in 2021 as the 22nd overall pick. So the reason that's interesting is the Canadians are carrying three goalies. And now look, there's there's cap issues and we all know what they are and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But if they're looking, by they, I mean the Edmonton Oilers, if they're looking for a piece, Jake Allen makes $3.85 million a year. He has a 9-11 save percentage right now. So if you're making a trade involving Borgo for Allen, you're going to have to add something to it if you're the Edmonton Oilers or they're going to have to take on like a large portion of of the cap hit. And Allen, by the way, I uh, signed next year too. So you'd have to do something with Jack Campbell in the offseason. But what would it take? What would it take? Habs have five million cap space. So I'm I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna throw it out to the group. I'm gonna throw it out to you now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell me how wrong I am and how ridiculous the idea is at one 1440 What about Borgo and Jack Campbell for Jake Allen? Now, Campbell is signed 5 mil for the rest of time. Not really, but this year and three years after. Jake Allen is signed this year and next year. So there's two extra years going back, and you're giving Xavier. I don't think that's enough. I think you'd have to give Burgo and and then make the deal. But that's an interesting trade idea. I'd love your input. The number again is eight three three four zero one fourteen forty.
Al, a bit of a wild idea. Could the Oilers ever sign Ethan Bear to something close to league minimum and then move out DeHarnay? Uh, that comes from Stamp Hater. I, th- I love the idea of signing Ethan Bear. I don't know that he would return here. Uh, there were some people who were most unkind among the fan base, and I do think that that, that probably holds... Hmm, probably holds some thought, some, some, uh, some weight in terms of his consideration. Campbell and a first for Reimer. I don't think that'll happen. Those people are everywhere. I don't think that I don't think couples that are that are like he he stood up for his his wife and he slaps Chris Rock and then a year later she says we haven't really been together since 2017. I don't understand. Stevie Wonder, I wish. Okay. The Xavier draft is making even less sense. Just trade him for a goalie when we traded down from 20 to 22 and passed on Jesper Wallstedt. You know, Jesper Wallstedt is, does he go right to the Hall of Fame or does he have to play an NHL game first? Like, I, I'm, I, would, I would just, I'm not trying to be funny. I'd just like to know. I would like to know, does he actually have to play in a hockey game in the National Hockey League or do we just put him right in? Is that how, like, is that how that's going to go? Now, he's having a hell of a year with the Iowa Wild. 932 save percentage, but eight games is eight games. And previously, he was at 908. Let's let him be a great before we crown him king. It's the same with Declan. Sure, he's funny. Sure, he's clever. Sure, he's bright. Sure, he's quick. And he's a good-looking dude. But let's wait until he establishes himself. Right, we need some film out there on me. I'm the I'm the I'm the Jesper of this right. broadcast. We need a little more. God, worst idea and ridiculous idea. Low tide. Well, that's good. Nice to know my family's checking in. Uh, Campbell Borgo and a first for Allen. No, I'm 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 not saying that. I'm saying I don't think I'm suggesting Campbell and Borgo for Allen, and I don't know if that's enough, and I don't know whether Oiler fans want to hear it. Maybe they got better ideas. I am just asking. Stop this Reimer Allen trade ideas. Don't need backups. Okay, but you can't trade for a starter. How do we get Josh Anderson? I don't know. He's injured a lot. I'd send Gam- uh, Campbell, Broberg, and Allen for a first, not Bargo. But we just talked about them wanting him. That was the premise of the entire conversation. Habs aren't trading for Campbell. Well, I don't know. Ethan Bear won't come back. Okay. Hey, Ty, uh, Ty, is Jake Allen enough of an upgrade? That I don't know. That is a great question. I don't know the answer. Don't trade any for any Habs. Oh, come on. Habs are people too. What is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie and why is it Con Air? I like Con Air, but... Okay, we're going to reach a point now in our relationship as uh, old-timey broadcaster and listener where you're going to turn on me. Are you ready to turn on me, Declan? Yeah, I guess it's time. We had a good, we had a good nine-week run, but it's probably time. The best Nicolas Cage movie is Moonstruck, and it's not even close. Moonstruck is one of the best movies ever made. 
and he's in it, and he's the leading man in it, and he's brilliant in it, and Cher is more brilliant, but that that is his best movie, and it will never, ever change. Um, he's a little over the top, as you would expect, but it's a Norm Jewison movie, and it is gorgeous, and yeah, I mean, Moonstruck's the best thing he'll ever be in. By far, not close. I don't hate it. My favorite, though, is always going to be Raising Arizona. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Nicholas Cage's magnus opus, as far as I'm concerned. I just told you what it was. It's Moonstruck. How can you not believe it's Moonstruck? Have you seen Moonstruck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Moonstruck. They're, they're just, I've just also seen Raising Arizona, and I happen to think that one's a lot better. Well, we can't be friends now. And, you know, Leaving Las Vegas, another classic... He's got some good ones. Why do you He's got some bad ones. He's got some bad ones. Just informed you what the answer was. Montreal scouting much better than the Oilers. Surprised their interest in Borgo. Well, Borgo's a good player. Oilers scouting's good. They just don't have any picks. Come on, Al, snap out of it. When she slaps him, that they, I, I read about this because I love the movie so much. I would love to own that house. I will tell you that right now. But when she slaps him, it was. That was like they were just not ad-libbing, but they were filming, and she slapped him, but she didn't feel it was enough. So then she cranks. I mean, she cranks him. Great, great movie scene. Until we approve our defensive play, we are a goalie-killing team, period. You must have Allen send Bouchard. Well, I'm sending Bouchard. Bouchard is the best draft pick since McDavid on this team. Don't. Don't get in the way of understanding what he is. He is a flawed defender. I get it. I understand. I agree with you. His coverage isn't fantastic. His recognition isn't fantastic. And his wheels are not fantastic. But with the puck on a stick in the offensive zone as a creative player or even on the defensive zone when he's passing the puck out, the guy is money. Money, money, money. Hard to do. Very difficult to get a defenseman like Evan Bouchard. And he can play on second pair if Matthias Ekholm's 100%. But right now, they're, what they're not doing with him is giving him a bunch of offensive zone starts. My suggestion would be is to run. What you want to do is you want to run Nurse Cece, Ekholm Broberg, and then you run Kulak and Bouchard. And Kulak Bouchard, you give offensive zone starts to. You run them out of sequence if you have to to give them more offensive zone starts. That's my. That's my opinion. Best Nicholas Cage movie is The Rock. Uh, the worst Nicolas Cage movie is that stupid one about Wicker. What's it called? The Wicker Man. Oh and it, it my was god! A re- it was what a remake. A joke. It was a remake of a oh. 1973 British horror movie, which was Take very, me now, very good. Jesus, what a bad movie! Well, the original was great. It was not. You didn't see? I can tell you didn't see the original. I didn't see the the whole premise. Come on, man! No, Moonstruck best, Wicker Man worst. He was way over the top in that Peggy Sue got married. I don't know why he did that voice. It's so weird. What's the one about where he's an angel and they all gather by the bridge at night? Ooh, I don't know. I can't think of it. Hmm. If it like National Treasure is about, like, I don't know. I'll tap, I'll tap out there. It was I Wish by Stevie Wonder. Boom, 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 boom. He's so good. Stevie Wonder, man. He, that music is just so good.
elsewhere. This is uh, supposed to be hockey rumors that I got way, way, way off, you know, track. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks have uh, shared that Nikita Zaitsev will be away from the team until early next week for personal reasons. Uh, Jared Tenorti is on injured reserve. Also, Andreas Athanasiu has a lower body injury. He was an oiler for a time. Nobody saw him because it was during the pandemic, but he was there. Timo Meyer is a game-time decision for tonight for the New Jersey Devils. That comes from Lindy Ruff, who has survived a long, long time in the National Hockey League. Alex Tuck may not play against the Jets. And former Edmonton Oil King Trey Fix-Wolanski may be recalled by Columbus. Is expected to be recalled by Columbus. So there you go. I see you tweeted out my Jesper Wallstad. Uh, it was so fun. I mean, that was the hardest I think you've ever made me laugh on the show. Really? Yeah. It oh. was. It was. It was just the way you said it, the inflection, well, and everything. It was so funny. I'm I'm always astounded that people just make these these decisions. You know, I, I rem- and and what happens is people make the claim. And then when it doesn't work out, they never make the claim anymore, but nobody calls them on it because nobody remembers. I remember when uh, people are, Evan Bouchard, oh, come on. It's Wallstrom, the winger you needed to dread. Nobody says that anymore because it didn't turn out like that. If you're going to make these claims and you're going to like hammer it down everybody's throats, then put it on a website like I do where I tell you what I think, and then you can go back and look at it and say, you're wrong. Because we're all wrong, we're all human, we all don't know everything, and we all are absolutely reliant on good luck for our predictions, and sometimes bad luck hits our predictions. Do you ever gamble? Uh, yeah, I dabble in it. But you never spend money that you can't afford to spend? No, 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 no. no. Like me getting you to buy me a coffee and then saying I'd pay for it and then not paying for it. That was a gamble, but I took the risk and I assessed it and I was okay with it. Yeah. Do you have a dog? Uh, like, I, I had a dog growing up that's still with us. It's my mom's dog, I guess, by all accounts, but yeah. So wait a minute. You had a dog when you grew up, and then you moved away, and it's not your dog now? Pardon? You had a dog, then well, you moved away, and it's not your dog now. I would say it's still my dog. Like, I still think of her as my dog, but you know, she doesn't live Who's, with me. What What does the dog think? Who does the dog think is their person? Well, the dog definitely loves me more than anyone else. I don't know if that's true. But Do I you think feed the dog every night? I don't feed the dog every night. Okay, like I think it's not you. No, it really. You don't know. You don't know my relationship with my dog. Come well, you know, how often do you see your dog? Uh, once a week, I would say. Oh my God! It's not you. It's not you. It's yeah, like, not you. You're, you're probably onto something. The a dog bit. is happy to see you because you're a long lost friend. Whoever feeds the dog, and you know when the dog gets a, a poopy bum, that's who loves the dog, and yeah. the dog loves them back. But I spend like like well, let's see, we got the dog when I guess I was eleven. Um, and I, I moved out when I was like early 20s. So I spent like a decade like walking the dog every day, feeding the dog twice a day. And now when I come back, it's two old friends reuniting. So I'd stay, I'd stay, say I'm still her guy. So wrong. What's the dog's name? Jesse. What kind of dog? She's a pit bull lab cross. Oh my God. And ready for this one? She's 17. She's adorable. Can you send a fo- tweet a photo out? I would like to I would, see this. I would love, I'll absolutely lab. tweet a photo Labs out. Labs are the sweetest dogs, and yep. pit bulls have a bad rap. She's an angel. Best friend forever. Okay. Uh, bag milk is on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Time for a sports update. 
This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, the NHL Global Series is underway as the Red Wings and Senators are meeting in Sweden. That one currently 3-0 for the Senators after the end of the first period. It's one of nine games on the slate today. That also includes the Golden Knights versus the Canadians, the Devils versus the Penguins, the Coyotes versus the Blue Jackets, Lightning's ver- Lightning versus the Hawks, Canucks, Flames, Islanders, Kraken, Panthers, Kings, and finally, the Blues and the Sharks. Edmonton's Adam Ernie has been fined $2,018.23, the maximum allowable under the CBA for elbowing Seattle's Pierre Edward Belmare. And in MLB news, MLB owners voted today to allow the Oakland Athletics to move to Las Vegas, paving the way for baseball's second relocation in the past half century. They are also the third major sports team to leave Oakland in five years. Just two games in the in the NHL in the NBA tonight, excuse me, as the Nets are in Miami to take on the Heat and the Warriors are at home to host the Thunder. And finally, two games in the AJHL today, Drum Heller and Camrose and Fort Mac in White Court. Both of those games have a 7 p.m. puck drop, and you can watch both of those on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been your Sports 1440 Update.